Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day -day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your trades that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine to five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families, all through the power of advanced AI and their personal custom algorithm, Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life. folks it's the one and only v the grill economist coming to you live on this edition of markets and mayhem with my main man algo cowboy we're bringing the news the views and all the information important to you check us out roguenews.com follow us on twitter at real rogue news rogue news on every single podcasting app known to humanity we are everywhere you want us to be plus a bag of chips and I tell you right now, folks, it's going to be uh, we've got some amazing things lined up for all of you. And um, yeah, and also uh, check out FJB Balloons. Support Rogue, okay? Uh, support us. Go to FJB Balloons. It is an NFT. It is connected to Ethereum. You get it. Not only are you buying it, but it's also kind of because it's linked to, 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 ETH, to the Ethereum network. 
and it's on the blockchain. When ETH goes up, your NFT also goes up in value. And we're using FJB balloons as a way to fund not our operations in order to pay out content creators, right? In order to, you know, help support the contributors to Rogue. And that includes everybody from Vela's, Matthew Errett, Cowboy, um, uh, uh, Martin Seif, uh, CJ, Gus Demas. All of us here will be benefiting from the sales of this. So we're trying to do a raise right now. There's about 999 balloons. I think we've already sold over 100 of them already, and they're, and they're going quick. Uh, go check them out. It's really easy to do. Just click on Mint a Balloon. Then you can just uh, right here, Mint with a Wallet or Pay with a Card. You want to pay with a card, hit Play with a Card, hit the Winter Wallet option, and bang, you're in. It's, that, it's just that simple. Uh, make sure you have an Ethereum wallet in place. Uh, I like MetaMask, okay? Uh, MetaMask is uh, pretty awesome. Go check it out. Then this way you can store your NFT. Uh, let me guys, let me show you guys what MetaMask looks like so you guys can see it. So you simply uh, just Google MetaMask, okay? Bingo. There it is. Hit the download button. Then you'll have it. You could also download it for Chrome if you have a Chrome tab. Like what I have over here, you can see the little MetaMask symbol. You click on it and bang, bango, it's in here, and you, you're, you're good to go. So with that being said and out of the way, and also, guys, join our Discord. The Discord is there. The link is in the description box. Join the Discord. Uh, it's, it's, it's a huge community. We have, uh, at this point, I mean, I mean like, my God, we, had, we added in the last three weeks another 500 members to Discord. So join there. It's an amazing community. There's a lot of fun stuff. And join Algo Factory. If you haven't done so already, you saw the advertising at the beginning of the show, join Algo Factory. Make a positive impact to your bottom line. I mean, I always tell people this, look, join it not because you want to be a millionaire or a billionaire, but if you can make just 100 bucks a day on, on a trade, 100 bucks a day, folks, adds up. If you do that for an entire year, there is, and you don't even utilize the power of, of compound interest. Um, where where'd you go, cowboy? Uh, it it uh, muted me, and I I can't I couldn't unmute myself. Oh my God! So I had to leave the studio and come back. You're like you're like Doctor Strangelove. You're like choking yourself out here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. No, I'm just kidding, Andrew. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah no, I, so. Ahead. Yeah, what I was saying was, uh, you know, go to Algo Factory. Like I always said, look, we're not even using the power of, 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 of compound interest, right? We're not even using the power of compound interest. Um, Speak you, for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you just uh, you go to Algo Factory. You got 100 bucks a day. That's, you do it for a year. That's $36,000 at the end of the year. I mean, imagine he's going not to saying that you're not saying you're spending a hundred dollars a day. That's no, not what it did. No, no. <laughs> it's 50 bucks a month for now. It's actually right. like nothing. And that's a tax write off. So whatever oh, tools yeah. you get for, for Algo factory, we tell you to go out and get, uh, you know, a, a, an account with trading view, which is like, you know, nine bucks, 10 bucks, 12 bucks, whatever. Right. All this is a tax write off. Join Algo factory, trade your job, upgrade your life. With that being said, Cowboy, what's going on, brother? Nothing much. I was uh, I was chuckling because uh, Camaro on the commercial, Camaro uh, in our in our group here in our chat. Yeah, he was saying it sounded like we said uh, trade your job, upgrade your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. I mean, 
you know, oh. I'm not, I don't, <laughs> I'm good, but, uh, you know, there might be some people out there that need to upgrade their spouse. I don't know. You know, none of my business. <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, everything's good, man. You know, it's, um, we had a good show this morning. Uh, some of that secret sauce that uh, you were talking about the last week or two, I know you had some information that came from on high from the, um, from the ether of the financial world through, you know, who knows what through city of London. I don't know if you got uh, Lord Malik Brown on speed dial or something, I do. but basically you do, you have the, yes. you have him on speed dial. Yeah. I know his fluffer. Yeah. The, the power of Christ compels you. Um, yeah, so his fluffer is, uh, is George Soros. George Soros wears knee pads for Lord Malik Brown. <laughs> that's, that's just disturbing. Um <laughs> I don't even, there's so many jokes not being told, things about dentures. Anyway, so um, basically, uh, on the show this morning, you did kind of let people know that secret sauce, and I want to get into that. So, But we're not going to do it right away. You've seen everybody, this V gets information that comes from on high, as I just said earlier. And we do let it go here on the show. It's kind of a broader reach. Thousands of people see these shows. So, you know, we can't. He, we can't always relay everything we learn, but in the uh, Algo Factory group, we were able to release some information before it got to everybody else. So yep. if you are into that kind of secret sauce and you want to get it before a lot of people do, Algo Factory is the way. It's 50 bucks a month. It's nothing. Um, you know, we go in there. I've got a whole curriculum on the website. It'll take you, I mean, you know, unless you have like no jobs, it could take you a while to get through. There's, a fair amount that goes into trading. It takes uh, years. It takes about the average of four years for a trader to become profitable consistently. Um, it took me a little less time, but um, I hired somebody. I paid a lot of money uh, to a mentor. And so instead of paying thousands to a mentor like I did, what we're doing is we're combining all of the information that I gained in that mentee process, that mentoring process, all the information that I gleaned off the market I've got a background in education. I know how to teach people. Um, we have the gorilla, his fundamentals, his abilities. We put that all together on a website with a curriculum, and we have the live shows. We do live shows almost every day of the week. Uh, tomorrow in the markets is kind of a wild day. There's a lot of economic data coming out, and it's a Friday. Probably not the best day to trade, so we may not do a show tomorrow, plus I'm traveling. Um, so, but you know, most days, unless there's some kind of wild market day, like the FOMC or there's, there's a holiday or something like that, five days a, a week, we're doing shows, uh, at least an hour a day. Um, so, you know, that's me and the gorilla. We put our faces up on the camera. I haven't yet just because, uh, I'm, I'm on a laptop, but yeah. I'm traveling, but yeah, we put our faces up on the camera. You get to see us, get to know us. And on top of that, um, when the, the grill is done with his screen share, I'm going to show you what we actually did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what I'll do is now, if I take a trade, it's because I did my research, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it's what I do. I do research. I have my own algorithm that I've built. I spent years building it. I'm not going to uh, just give that away. Although I did share one of the most important aspects of my algorithm yesterday in the course, I did give pretty much the linchpin to it. But then again, you know, the linchpin itself is nothing without the rest of it. So, you know, I do, I will be giving clues as to my own algorithm, but I could give you every aspect of my algorithm, but until you understand 
the whole picture of trading, how to treat it like a business, trading psychology, all those things. I could give you every aspect of my trading formula and you'll still mess it up because you just don't know what you're doing yet. And it takes a little time. We'll shorten the amount of time it takes for somebody to become profitable and build their own algorithm. And it's all up to you. And it's so affordable right now. And if you get in at 50 before we move the price up, this thing's worth $300 a month. I don't think we're going to raise it that high, at least not yet. Um, but if you get it at 50, you get to have that for as long as you're a client. Okay. So, you know, don't let your membership lapse if you do. Um, one of the things though that happens is I actually take trades and if the gorilla wants to go ahead and uh, put the screen up, um, I did this last week and I did a beautiful trade. I pulled out twice as much money as I put in. We're already on, uh, on course to do that again. I took this trade yesterday. Um, it set up kind of during the show, but it wasn't ready to go. Our, our set up during our show. Our show, by the way, is uh, from a half hour before market open to a half hour after, sometimes longer. Um, but about, I'd say two, three hours after the show, the trade finally set up. My algo pinged me. I took this trade already. I'm beyond a one-to-one. So let's just say it, it didn't put very much on it because of the high risk. Uh, because the algorithm said it was high risk, but also because today uh, some economic data came out. So I knew if it didn't go my direction, I could take a loss. So I put a very little bit of money on there, but still, you know, if you, it, it, let's just say I put 500 bucks on it. This is a six to one risk to reward ratio. I could make 3000. I didn't put that much, but this is just how that works. I'm going to take half the profit off halfway down. But even then it's just already, I have made more than I risked. Okay, so this is a beautiful trade you're looking at right now. I could exit right now and have fulfilled my requirements for a winning trade. So, and I did it right before everybody's eyes. And I, as soon as I got in, I put that up on the Telegram. Um, now, if your research looks like my research and you've done your own research, and that is a trade that you can take based on your own research, you could do, you could take that trade. You know, a lot of times, most people are going to have similar research on trading. That's the whole idea. The market forms up for a trade. You might use a different methodology, but if I put a trade up, chances are your research, maybe you're using different indicators, maybe you're not, but it'll look similar. So when communities trade together, as long as the information is reviewed by the individual, individual trader, that could be very profitable. So anyway, that happened. Um, so V, what do we want to get into as far as... Uh, well, okay, finally, before we actually get into anything, last disclaimer, um, when you get into this trading, like when you see this stuff on the chart, uh, a lot of the stuff is going to look, oh man, there's, oh, this is so technical. I don't understand it. Look, it takes time to learn. Okay. So the live courses are not some progressive thing or live trading courses are not like, oh, I missed Tuesday. I got to make it up. The live trading is actually the application of the website's curriculum onto the live market. It's the same thing every day, although every day is different because of the market. So if you miss like a Tuesday, don't worry about it. It's fine. Just come back on Wednesday, tune in. We like the same thing, more or less. Um, and it takes time to learn it. So, you know, come in, be a sponge, just, you know, watch what's going on, write things down that you don't understand, ask us questions. Um, and also, if you do sign up, pay attention to your email. There will be specific instructions that come through. That's enough PSAs. Um, v, what do you, do you have anything that you want to share with us as far as that secret sauce? Are you ready for that just yet? I'm gonna. I want to get into that probably in the middle of the show. Uh, let's cover okay. some of the the uh, the news. What are some of the things that are on your radar? Um, any topics that you want to uh, bring up, man? Let's let's get into it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of indicators 
are such that we are going to see a recession coming. We've known about it. In fact, quite frankly, by all normal measures of recession, we've been in a recession since like, I don't know, quarter three last year, but they went ahead and changed the definition of recession, just like, uh, you know, leftists changed the definition of everything so they could say we're not in a recession. Now, here's the thing. It's an election year coming up next year, right? And during election year, the people who are in power are going to want to push things to where the economy is going well. So there is a decent chance we might get into it a little further in the show. There's a decent chance that we're going to see the rates get cut. Um, There tends to be a dump after the rate gets cut. I've talked about this many, many times. Everybody and their mother thinks that they're going to pause and cut rates and the market's going to go up. This actually historically does not happen quite the opposite. The market actually falls for a short period hard and then goes back up. So just because we see a rate pause or a rate cut, please do not think that the market is going to immediately head up. Historically, it tends to go down. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know what's happened in the past. Um, so, but this right here is the LEI index. Okay. So this is basically uh, leading economic uh, indicators. So building permits, credit index, um, uh, industrial production, business sales, all kinds of stuff, right? And that in and of itself is actually looking at a possible recession. Um, we're seeing the data head down sharply. Okay, so this is an issue. Um, and on a year-over-year basis, so this is this is like looking at the chart as it's going straight. Let me zoom out just a little bit, actually, so we can get a better look. Uh, zoom back in. Okay. All right, so th- this is pure numbers right here. Okay. However, if we look at the change year over year, that's what we really want to do is look at the change. And here, what you'll notice is that a recession tends to happen as things dip down deep, and then it continues to happen as things normalize. And right now, um, we're we're dipping pretty deep right now. Um, The last time we dipped deep like this was right at COVID. It did come back pretty quick, but that was because we injected a historical amount of money into the economy. Um, Prior to that was the GFC, the Great Financial Crisis, right here in 08, late 08. We had it dip all the way down. And of course, things took some time to to normalize after that. Um, So right now we are in a dip. And uh, this is pretty typical. It's just the dip before the recession in those numbers. Um, So understand that the numbers are lining up. Yeah, for a recession, they're just oh, lining yeah. up. And uh, GDP, we we talk about this a lot on the show. So this is the LEI change with uh, superimposed GDP on it. They call it real GDP. The reality is is that in America, what we do is we take tax dollars and we spend them on social programs, and we call that GDP. Well, there's a little law in economics, and it says that the most efficient way of determining price is the willingness to accept meeting the willingness to buy. In other words, an auction or a swap meet. Okay. So in those two scenarios, there's no third party. It's peer to peer. Now, when you take the government and they take money and they put it into a social program, they set the price. So in that economic law, any third party's price setting that interrupts this meeting of the willingness to buy versus the willingness to accept is actually a measurable loss to society. So government programs coming in, taking money from us, stealing it, call it taxation, and then creating a government program where a lot of graft happens, political contributions, uh, sole source contracting, 
inflated prices, $90 screwdrivers, $120 toilet seats, all those things create a loss to society. And they're actually a uh, gammon. I'll see if I can find this video and post it in rogue gammon. George gammon did a great video on how historically it's not the money printing. That's the problem. It's the government expenditure. Yes. So the cowboy cowboy isn't government expenditure. Isn't that like GDP growth? If you're a communist, <laughs> yeah. If you're retarded, if you're a retarded yeah, economy, then yeah. If you're financially illiterate, yeah. um, that's the case. Like so, which is basically socialist, financially illiterate. So the deal is, is that, and I'll, I'll like I said, it's a great video. It maps it out, uses all the data. The more an economy depends on government extend expenditure, the closer they get to economic collapse. And so we're calling GDP. So we're calling government expenditure GDP, but the graft involved and just the peer, even if there was no graft, the inefficiency in price setting is going to contribute to the problem because price is the magical, invisible hand of the market. Price, the price mechanism is what keeps economies going and price needs to be purely set. And the purest setting of price is peer to peer, buyer versus seller coming to an agreement. Okay. That's that. So that's the data for the coming recession. There's plenty more, but I think we've beat this one into the ground. Um, let's take a look also at two juxtaposed conversations. We have the digital Euro oh, possibly wait. ushering in total state control. Well, that's because they love point. us cowboy. They want to make sure we're okay. That, oh, yes, that's right. They want to cradle to the grave, baby. And mm -hmm. I think they want the grave to come early. Oh, yeah. Cradle to the grave. And they want to rob the cradle and they want to stuff the graves. Let me tell you. Okay. So that's the nanny state for you. And it's an evil nanny that likes to put bleach in your oatmeal. Okay? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, look. We've talked enough about digital currency. They can control what you're allowed to buy. They can control, okay, let's just say that you leave 25 kilometers away from your house. You're not allowed to spend your digital money. Well, there's a lot of states that are coming up. I know Texas um, is among several states that are making either their own uh, you know, commodity-backed, precious metals-backed, their own digital currency. Um, there are a lot of banks, I think, like Tennessee, I want to say South Dakota, um, uh, I think Utah, maybe Arizona, there's a handful out there who have either made physical yeah, precious metals a legal tender or they're creating some digital solution backed by precious metals, one of the two. So what I'm thinking is if the U.S. goes the route of the digital dollar, if you will, um, I think the states and our independents will go ahead and flip the bird and say we're going to do our own. So, um, you know, there's that. Also, though, and this is the juxtaposed article. Let's see where I, I've got it here. Do, 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 do. Um, a little pushback from the Fed governor on CBDCs. Um, now, CBDCs would be actually direct money from the Fed. So this is digital dollar, right? <laughs> direct money from the Fed to the people. One of the things about this that I find interesting is that the most powerful interests that I can think of in this country, uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to let the gorilla take a big guess as to what he thinks the most powerful interests are financially 
and politically in this nation? Who do you think they are? That would be the LGBTQ plus ASL plus plus hyphen hypersand hyphen hyphen extra proclamation mark community. That hypersand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ampersand. Excuse me. Ampersand. Hypersand. It could be a hypersand. Why not? It's a new term. How dare you? Are you? I'm I'm trans uh, alphabetic. Okay. Trans alphabetic. (laughs) You're trans literal. I'm trans literal. (laughs) Okay. So yes, that's the most powerful community there is. Okay. The hyper the hypersand community. That's. I mean, we've destroyed the entire beer industry. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, I saw the greatest meme. It said, "Have Anheuser you seen Tyler Bush? Fisher's video making fun of uh, uh, that whole Bud Light thing with uh, Mulvaney?" No, I have. I have I'll not pull seen it up. That. You will. You will pee your pants. It's so funny. All right. All right the, the most meantime, powerful. Yeah, the most powerful financial interest uh, in the U.S. will be private equity. Private equity, which is kind of run by what type of company? Mm. That would be insurance and uh, hedge funds. Commercial banks. Commercial banks, yes. So I think commercial banks kind of uh, sort of like run that whole game more or less, right? I mean, co- commercial banks run are the, the gays. Yeah, run the gays. No, the no. game. No games. <laughs> hey, I don't want to keep talking. I'm not going to talk about that anymore because I don't want to get us banned. Okay. <laughs> well, we love really think- the two plus ASL. Uh, XYZ TUV WXPR one two three community. Actually, um, I am making an argument for the commercial banks being good. Um, and I'm not oh, yeah. going to use the no, term no, me too. good, good or bad. Um, no. I'm going to use the term interests that align with ours, which is your term. That's mm-hmm. something you've been saying for some time. Um, so in this case, the commercial banks really hold the keys to money generation to, I mean, that's why the, uh, the digital dollar is a threat to them because essentially it's going to take the commercial banks out of the loop. Right. So we talked, we did a whole show, I'd say, I don't know, five months ago on the creation of money and money is given to non-banks through commercial banks created at the fed through a series of cloning and bank accounts and stuff like that. Right. So with that being the case, uh, here's the meme, by the way, if you look on the screen. Yeah. In two days, Anheuser-Busch has made more people quit drinking than AA has in 88 years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the point is, though, is that do you really think that the most powerful interest in this country, the commercial banks, are going to let the Fed – like take all of their business without a fight. Exactly. No, absolutely not. No way. And that's been, and this is what you know. I've been detailing this. Velas has been detailing this. Tom Luongo has been detailing this. This has been a war. There is a war between Wall Street and the Davos crowd. Okay, it, it, it's 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 remarkable to see. There's no way in hell they're going to sit there idly and allow a bunch of low level miscreants from from Europe to call the shots. Yep, that's pretty much it. And so, you know, CBDC, look, uh, it's probably going to show up. I don't know that there's any stopping it, but I think they're going to use it to pay like, you know, um, whatever, uh, UBI, uh, or they're going to use it to pay, uh, you know, Medicare, entitlements, things like that. So, and you know, I think for the moment, and again, we don't know what's going to happen, but for the moment, if you are generating your own income, this isn't really going to affect you, I don't think. 
you know, no one really knows, right? So the whole idea is to make sure that you're generating income and you have your own, you know, uh, business, if you will. Algo Factory can help you with that. Algofactory.tech, nice commercial. But here we have <clears throat> Fed governor says CBDC risks likely greater than benefits. This is a Fed governor, right? So if you think about it, these are the people who should want the CBDC. Because the Federal Reserve would, you know, a CBDC would be giving the Federal Reserve control over the currency creation. And yet there is a Federal Reserve governor, that's Michelle Bowman, saying that from, and she's not the only one, saying that, you know, wholesale CBDCs in the future settlement of certain financial market transactions, right? Particularly those around consumer privacy, it's difficult to imagine a world where trade-offs between benefits and unintended consequences could justify direct access CBDC for uses beyond interbank and wholesale transactions. So what she's basically saying is that individuals using a CBDC, there she she's pointing out the privacy problem, and the Fed is actually who would financially benefit from a pure CBDC system, a CBDC system. So what we're seeing is uh, some dissension in the ranks there. Uh, Gorilla, you're muted just in case you've been talking. Um, so Sorry. there's that. That's okay. I don't know if you've been saying anything. Um, I was screaming on the top of my lungs. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so one of my buddies, one of my uh, normie buddies, who's actually a socialist. Um, <laughs> I like how you said that. One of my normie buddies who's actually a socialist. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, um, so he was like, you know, okay, so he's a socialist, right? At the same time, he lives in like South Orange County in a very nice area, has a nice yes. home. Because socialism like, provided okay. him for that. I mean, I mean. He should live under the bridge with the homeless bums near the LA River. to see socialism yeah. in action. That's what I'm saying. Like, he go should live. have a real authentic. Tell him to move to Venezuela or Cuba so he can get the authentic experience. Yeah, or or South Central LA. Oh yeah, <laughs> for a, that matter. I mean, there's socialism in South Central. I mean, I mean, Compton, a gas station over there was bombarded at a at a street takeover, and they took everything. That's socialism at play. Yeah, go live in your deep blue city. Go, don't go live in the reddest, richest area in, in like Southern California. Exactly. <laughs> so he's like, so they pushed this in our in our group last night. Biden to punish good credit home buyers to subsidize high risk mortgages. Okay, so what they're doing is they're increasing the rate at which responsible people have to buy homes so they can subsidize mortgages that are about to fall through because of irresponsible people, right? And, and that one guy, he's like, that is so stupid. And I'm like, bro, that's socialism in action. Instead of the redistribution of wealth, this is the redistribution of creditworthiness, which is the same exact thing because in the United States, money and in most countries money is debt yeah. so creditworthiness is a form of debt so if you're redistributing debt it's literally socialism because you're redistributing money so it's right. just so funny that you know these people they're financially illiterate they they see something that affects them and realize oh this is bad but they're so financially illiterate they don't know that it's like socialism and they continue to support socialism. Oh, yeah. It's so funny to me. Yeah, it's beyond <laughs> me. It's it, it's it, this is why economics is not taught in high schools, which it should be, you know. And 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 this is what happens. You have a a um, a, a whole swath of people that are so financially illiterate 
They don't understand, and they vote for what is what is against their best interests. And so when they're going to their apartment in the middle of the night, you know, they're, they're meet up. They they're met with a gang of of teenagers who grab them from the back and start beating the crap out of them for fun. And they're wondering mm-hmm. what happened. You voted for this, and when they see like their their paychecks, you know, you start making you know fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand, ninety thousand dollars a year, a hundred thousand dollars a year. And all of a sudden, you're seeing like forty percent, fifty percent of your, of your, or even fifty-six percent if you're living in New York, gone in taxes and fees and this, that, and the other, and there's the cost of living. You're like wondering what the hell happened. Well, you voted for it, you, you, you numb nuts. Yeah, I. You know what? These people just don't know anything. Um, I blame. I blame. Oh, what? Like fresh four forty-five, four fifty-four, fifty-four made a point. Is it okay. 30 to 50 year mortgage loans? Yeah. Yeah, that's coming. You know how I know that's coming, bro? How are we bolstering the used car market, which is imploding right now? Higher, uh, 72. Now, what is it? It was 72 month loans. Bro, now it's 84 month loans. They're coming out loans, yeah. with 144 month loans. For cars. Well, let me tell you something. We've it's seen this happen before. We know yeah. how this ends. Um, in Japan, there's a great video out there. Um, let me see if I can find it on YouTube real quick to show you. It's called Princes of the Yen. Okay. Ooh. So this experiment was done in Japan in the 90s. The, in, in the early 90s and the late 80s, Japan's um, industrial section, sector was burgeoning. It was beautiful. Um, they, you know, first of all, the, the work ethic over there is amazing. Uh, the culture over there is extremely cohesive. They have one group of people with one set of cultural beliefs and therefore are able to make things happen instead of having a bunch of different cultures argue about shit all the time. So they were able to mobilize, right? So princes of the, yeah, I'm looking it up and I'm bringing it onto the screen. So what they, what ended up happening was this massive, you know, influx of money. So what do they do? They go ahead and they, <laughs> They they start offering massive loans to people for homes. They're offering like three times as much money for a loan as is needed. So like people needed $100,000 or two hundred to buy a house over there, whatever that is in yen. Um, and then they offer them like four or five times that. So people all of a sudden are buying these massive properties. And they pushed up property values to the point where a small area in Tokyo area – like this, this small, super rich area had more financial value for a short time than most of the United States combined. Okay, yeah. and so it was all a bubble. <laughs> it was just, it was the biggest bubble ever. Oh, okay, Jesus. so uh, Princes of the End, right here. It's a great video. It, it really describes is uh, describes is it really uh, describes what happens when you take a burgeoning economy and then you start to just print endless money in the form of debt. Right, uh, watch it. We see how it ends, and they end up with hundred-year mortgages over there, and they've had hundred-year mortgages for like decades now. Oh yeah. So you right. know that's that's how it ends is hundred-year mortgages. Yeah, you, you could will it to your children. Isn't that wonderful. They, your kids and your grandkids could be debt slaves forever to the bank. Isn't that great? This is why they say you will own nothing and you will be happy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's called rent-seeking behavior. Okay. Yes. We've talked about this. It's a term that I brought up, and I bring it up every so often on Rogue here. Okay, but um, Princes of the Yen. Go ahead, look that up. It's a great documentary, uh, extremely explanatory of of what we're watching happen. Okay, so hundred year mortgages. Um, let's see here. What's left? What's left before we talk about 
secret sauce. Oh, we'll do. We'll look at the unemployment report. Just another indicator of <clears throat> where things are headed. Um, you know, we had a drop in unemployment in so 2020. We had like high employment up comparatively. If I'm looking at this right, number of Americans claiming jobless benefits. Okay, so jobless benefits were a huge peak in 2020, which actually makes a lot of sense compared to what I was thinking. And then people started to go back to work, and in 2022, it seems that in quarter three, 2022, right about the time the market started to take a dump, we all of a sudden see jobless uh, claims going up high again and reaching a concerning level. So people are losing their jobs. It's the highest level since December 2021. And uh, we better better be careful. Um, you know, when you start to see jobless benefits being claimed, obviously people are losing their jobs. They can't create their own money. They're living off of whatever um, so that's just another indicator that we're already well into a recession. And in fact, I would say this inflection point in September of 2022 is a decent point at which we can say we're entering a recession because we actually have the jobless claims running up. There's initial and continuing, right? So the initial is, is, is cranking up and the continuing surpasses it by far. These so yeah, all positive stuff. numbers. These are great. These are great numbers, Cowboy. Well, when you change the definition of recession, then this this is good news, right? Yeah. Right? And, and socialism is good, too. It's terrible. Here's yeah. Gil, Gilbert Novak made an important point. Uh, I witnessed my town steal a man's home for $1,200 in back taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, he has his house was paid off 32 years ago. Folks, this yeah. is the kind of bullshit that, that, that occurs. It's incredible. And this is why it's like super important to, if you have a house, you have any of these things paid off, start putting these things into asset-protected trusts, and then nobody can fuck Gilbert, with you. Uh, reach out to me on Discord. I have someone that that guy can talk to. I don't want to say his name. He's a friend of the show. And uh, that particular scenario is a winnable court case. We could actually, if, if he owns that house, if it's actually owned outright and he has a deed, there are actions he can take to get that house back. So yeah. um, reach out to me in the back and we'll, we'll get you in touch with somebody. It's sick, man. It's like, it's like the, the, nobody should be playing property tax, period. You're taxed to oblivion and yet people are fine with it. That's how it's, oh, it's just a property tax. It's raised. We're just trying to raise, you know, some money in order to pay for this new road we're building. And then the, whatever taxes government always puts on, they never, ever take off. They keep increasing it year after year after year. The crackheads. Hey, do you remember when they ratified the Income Tax Act? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Me? No, you don't. I don't either because it never happened. Yeah. Exactly. It was never ratified by the states. They just ram that shit through. Yeah, that's along, why they, they, the... they don't rule. When you look at uh, the world's friendliest collection agency, which is the IRS, um, look, you understand America was built on tax revolt. You're here because of tax revolt, and uh, compared to a lot of places in the world, our, our taxation laws are pretty good, and that's why, for the most part, it's like you know, love them or hate them. The IRS is the world's most friendliest collection agency. They're willing to work for you and settle. Uh, uh, the debt for a lot less than what you owe. And you just got to have true. the right people in place to negotiate all this stuff. Um, secondly, is this. <clears throat> they rule by statutes. There's no real laws. It's by statutes. And that's why I always tell people, pay your taxes, You know, just make sure you're current, blah, blah, blah. Get somebody really good to do your taxes, somebody who knows their stuff. Um, because even though they rule by statutes, the problem is they have more guns than you do. So that's why.
Yeah, but they have, they have guns and they'll put you in a cage. <clears throat> yeah, and then the the new um the new recruits are you know they're the two uh two SL three GQ T one thousand T eight hundred fifty five one thousand community ABCD EFG community that in wheelchairs no less will be coming to get you. <laughs> Motorized wheelchairs like with Stephen Hawkins. Do not move. Stop away from was... your house. Do not move right now. You cannot escape us. What we are trying to do. Please pay your taxes. You're just so good at this kicked off YouTube, dude. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. It was a robot. It was a robot. Oh, it's oh a that's going to be next. Okay. It'll probably be a robot next. It won't be a guy. Robot's going to come here. Okay, okay. It'll be a robot. You know, it'll be like something like the, the, the T-800. Hello, your taxes are overdue. Please report to the nearest IRS office. Yeah. yeah. That's how it goes. And they'll show up, you know. Um, you know, they'll show up and they'll just... Uh, you know, come in the, hey, hey, I'm a robot. Give me money, please. I am a robot. I am a robot. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I robot. Hold on. I do have um, I do have our latest um, IRS recruitment individual, the most recent recruit. <sighs> Let me see if I can. Uh, I got his uh, I got his picture right here. Hold on. Here he is. He's coming to get you. This guy. Oh yes, Blabo. Agent Blabo is coming. Yeah. yeah. So that's him. That's the guy. He's coming to get you. You know, he'll, he'll he he's motorized. So you hope he can. You know, hope he can run semi fast. Um. So what do you got, man? Give us something. Give us something cool. I, mean, I know All you right. got something. Good. I, I got some things, but you know, one of the things I promised is uh is uh, Tyler Fisher. I want to play this before we. Uh, I'm gonna play. jump off the uh, screen share here. Just jump off, man. Just jump off. Jump off. Okay, I was the missus and I were were freaking dying when we saw this. I brace yourselves, brace yourselves, brace yourselves. This is like hilarious. All right. Hey guys, it's Taylor. It's day six of girlhood and look who I got a new sponsor. Look at this cool Bud Light tower they sent me. Bud Light sent me so much cool stuff because they're so inclusive. Look at this Bud Light tank top. And I've obviously been drinking a lot of Bud. I also might be pregnant. Don't tell anyone. They also sent me this. <laughs> Check this out. Ready? <laughs> Bud plug. Look at this. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> me nice and loose and relaxed. I'll put it right in my Heine can. <laughs> That's the best part. Since it'll be three weeks before I get my cis white toxic coxic cut off, Bud Light sent me a temporary wee wee so I don't have to have that patriarchal schlong hanging for my little girl pouch. <laughs> oh. Bud Light is so thoughtful. So you can have a limp bud. Yeah! <laughs> my bud bulge. Shake it, shake it, shake, shake it, shake it. Oh, or a raging bud boner. <laughs> Cheers, girls. Bud light. Let's drain that main vein. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yum. It looks like piss. Mm. And it tastes like piss. So refreshing, so consistent. Bud light. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that is no holds barred. That could not have been any funnier. 
he ended Dylan Mulvaney's career. Ended it. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I, I just Yo. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was hilarious, bro. Oh my god, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I need all to, right. I, first of all, I need about five minutes to go bleach my eyes after that. <laughs> Jeez, I, I'm gonna cut off my toxic coxic. <laughs> so, dude, that's great. That was great. Uh, it tastes like pe- it looks like piss, and it tastes like piss. <laughs> but it, it, it's the most epic troll against Dylan Mulvaney and the and the absolute sham of a caricature that he's doing towards women. I mean, it's terrible. And and, and this is the the idiot that the White House. <laughs> <laughs> invites to talk about policy. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me, man. It, it, it's like, and, and, and I said it before, I said it again. Women, we can't help you. This is your fight. Men cannot help you in this regard. You're going to have to claim back your own womanhood. This is ridiculous. I never thought the new patriarchy would be in a dress, buddy. <laughs> and a wig. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, um, you know, that's the thing. If we can get women voters to go ahead and take their <laughs> womanhood back. <laughs> everything will be fixed. I mean, it's just, it'll fix everything, dude. Exactly. If, if we get the, the female voters to go ahead and see what's really going on and, and, you know, vote accordingly. And if the votes are actually counted properly, um, you know, we, that would fix the whole world. Be great. Absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, the Juicy Goosey. Okay. Let's get into that. So this is what I All mentioned right. on uh, on Algo Factory, and if one of the benefits of being in the Algo Factory chat is like, you know, I give a lot of a lot of some key information. You'll probably hear it there first before you hear it anywhere else because the show is every morning at 9 a.m. Um, all right, so this is what happened. Last week, I was executing for a client, uh, an institutional client of mine, uh, an eight-figure uh, gold uh, deal. Okay, so we're brokering eight-figure deal uh, in gold uh, with the LBMA, London Bullion Market Association, as well as the SBMA. So when I work, I work in two time zones. I work in the European time zone, uh, specifically the most important times that I'm concerned about is London and Switzerland. Okay, uh, and then third, um, I need to know what's going on in Hong Kong and Singapore. Those are the the four quadrants for a lot of the moves in metal. Uh, this trade was being done Sunday night, um, last week, last Sunday. In the middle of the night, it was, uh, you know, I, I knew the gold price was at 1993, uh, and it was moving very quickly, so we locked it in in 1996. Every single year for the last 15 years, whenever I lock in a gold price, it's locked. It's locked. Okay, it ain't moving. So we lock it in in 1996, Okay. And then all of a sudden, once we locked it in in 1996, you know, we call our, you know, supplier knows, hey, look, it's locked in 1996. It's heading your way. Wire's out. Here's a wire confirmation. It's going to hit you soon. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, hey, you know what? We're good to go. Within a matter of two hours, they're like, look, we've got to lock the price in at 2002. I'm like, what? 2002? How the hell did it move from 1996 an ounce to 2002 an ounce? What the, what's going on here? That never happens. Like, look, either you buy it at 2002 or it's going to be sold because what happened is 
here I am with my little eight-figure deal that I'm trying to lock in for an institutional client. There's some such major buying power and pressure that a, a somebody huge came in and clipped a couple of metric tons. Okay, and then that's one thing that I didn't mention on the AF thing that I just re was reminded of to myself right now. Somebody came in and clipped a couple of metric tons. Okay, to the point where the suppliers are like, "Look, there's no way in hell we can sell it to this guy at 1996 because what's happening was the supplier is selling it to you know a couple of metric tons at 2002. Why would they sell it to me at 1996?" And I've never seen this happen before. And why is that? Because that was a real force majeure. A real force majeure. An event in which nobody can be held accountable is a force majeure. So the demand for physical metals is through the roof. And we knew this about over a year ago when the COMEX started actually settling contracts in physical. For the first time ever, they're like, oh, my God. And I said to myself, holy crap. So the rules that were in play for decades, the rules that were in play forever at this point, which have always been cushioned and buttoned down and papered over by the paper trade, where, you know, we're, most people are just shoveling paper. They're not really settling physical. You know, everybody's comfortable just moving uh, the, the you know some paperwork on a ledger, okay, on a spreadsheet, and they're fine with it. That rule don't apply to the point when I have a locked in price at 1996 and it gets locked in at 2002. That's how serious the game is. In other words, there is a major disconnect between the papers market and the physicals market. And I'm seeing it happening live. And what that also tells me is that the games, the paper games that the NYMAX and the COMAX are playing is coming to an end. It's breaking. The system is breaking. That has never happened before, folks. And that dislocation that occurred in price was a black swan event. That was a major sign for me that I said, uh-oh, we in trouble. We are in trouble. Because now it's not about, oh, you know, I got this contract, we're locked. No, there's so much pressure that a supplier, a major Swiss supplier, Is like, hey, look, here's the deal. Either you buy it at 2002 or you can buy it again at 2005. Because I have a guy right now, I have an organization right now that are buying it in the met, that are buying it by the metric ton at a clip. I'm like, whoa. And they know me. These suppliers in Switzerland know the outfit that I'm with, and they know the outfit that I'm with. We've you know, a couple of months ago, we've done 110 metric tons. I remember one time we did 56 metric tons of silver. Uh, this was about two and a half years ago. We single-handedly moved the silver market up for like a day or two. That was us. 
They know us quite well. We've moved the platinum market or we traded a sixth of the world's platinum. They know us quite well. So we're not a small outfit. So for them to be like, hey, look, we're not going to hold it at 1996. We're, it's going at 2002. You love it or leave it. And we're like, yeah, we'll take it. We have no choice. And I tell the client, look, this is the deal. They're like, holy crap. They're like, we've never seen this before, V. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've never seen it either. That's where we are. Nobody cares about the paper. Nobody cares. And what that tells me is nobody cares about the dollar. And that's the bigger picture. Things are changing, folks. And it's rearranging faster than what we can even keep track of. Cowboy. Well, here's the thing about it, right? So the paper game was being held. uh, The cork has been held underwater for long enough, right? Gold is the cork. So somebody was just talking to me that one of my normie buddies was talking last night, like, hey, China and uh, India, you know, they're so addicted to selling us their stuff. Why would they hit the F the dollar button? Because I was talking about the F the dollar button, right? Basically, you know, everybody's tired of the United States' shiz and goes ahead and dumps all their dollars that they're holding as reserve currency. And I explained that, well, and, you know, I'm saying like these, you know, countries are part of the BRICS. Like they're not interested in continuing down this path as long as the U.S. continues to use the dollar as a weapon. So there's a lot of blood in the water. We've talked about this on the show numerous times, right? Uh, First issue was confiscating Iran's forex reserves years ago, but Iran, you know, the the narrative still worked. Iran is bad, whatever. Well, when Russia went ahead and started their SMO and went into Ukraine, right? We confiscated their FX reserves. It wasn't a large amount, but the world got to see that the U S is willing to take a superpowers dollars away. Well, why would you hold a reserve currency that if the country that has th- that's basically owning that reserve currency, you know, the dollar, the United States, if they don't like you, they're just going to take your money. You can't trust them anymore. So at this point, <clears throat> it's been going on for, I don't know, 20 years or more, the de-dollarization. Everybody's known that the dollar is being used as a weapon. People are tired of it. But at the same time, the dollar has kept things going as it is. The China, India, they can manufacture, they can sell it to the U.S. because the U.S. has the ability to buy. But I think it's come to a point, especially in light of Ukraine, uh, the failure in Afghanistan, uh, the continuing failures in Ukraine that the rest of the world really does know about, that the United States is only just letting everybody know about through some supposed Pentagon leak, right? Um, The... uh, the pressure that the U.S. is exerting on other countries with the dollar, they're just tired of it. And the rest of the world wants to move on, right? Uh, they're tired probably of all the other stuff going on too. The, you know, all of the social stuff they're trying to push, all the woke stuff. These countries, they're tired of it. And it's not worth it for them <clears throat> to continue to be able to manufacture and sell things to the U.S. And the train left the station a long time ago, de-dollarization. So it's a, it's a clock that is continuing to tick, and it is too late to turn that train around. So as time goes on, and the, the de-dollarization continues, then the paper game is going to be less effective because the artificial demand created by the reserve currency status of the dollar no longer is existing. So if you're going to trade in paper instead of the actual real money, which is gold and silver and other metals, 
you're going to get hurt if that reserve currency status goes away and it's going away surely. So I think we're just right now witnessing the rest of the world realizing that we're at that tipping point and we're approaching it quickly. So everybody's hedging and everybody's going away from the paper game and they're settling in physical. And that way when the brown material hits the rotating object, everybody has something physical that they can go ahead and use to back their trade settlement and the economy will continue. There's also a decent chance that cryptocurrency has a place in that, which is uh, a bet that I have pretty heavily. For me, it's uh, Bitcoin and Ripple are the two I'm looking at. Um, so that's that's my take on it. Um, it's the de-dollarization. It's happening and it's a hedge against it. That's the, That last sentence sums it all up. Well, I don't know well what do you said. think, Real? Is that is that pretty accurate? That is pretty. That is very accurate, my friend. That's where we are, folks. That brings us to the end of the show. Anything else? Well, you, you know, if you can find a way to make some of that paper and turn it into something physical, right? Oh like yeah. Gold, you know, if you can find a way to make some income, like for example, the trading that I do. Look, I don't make a trade every single day, right? But I can make five trades a week just three year on the same day, or I might make 10 trades a month, whatever it is, I can average out to making a certain amount of money every single day. Right. And it's, you don't really know what the market is going to give you, but I know because I have done my testing, I know that I'm profitable to a certain degree. I know how certain months work because I have tested back on those months. I know this month is going to be profitable to this degree. Statistically should be profitable to this degree. I can plan ahead to a certain degree because of my trading. And I can take that and I can turn it into physical things. Like I can take trading profits, turn it into metals, turn it into crypto. I talk to the gorilla when I need that done. So if that's something you're interested in, if you want to hedge against the coming calamity that is slowly happening before our eyes, then talk to us, come to algofactory.tech. That's, that's what I got to say. Very well said folks. Very, I mean, we're very well said cowboy. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Um, yeah, algofactory.tech, algofactory.tech. The links should be in the description box. With that being said, we're over and out. Thank you all for listening in. We'll be back tomorrow. Cheers. I might have Martin Seafon at 2 o'clock today, so keep a lock. I'll announce it in Discord. And look, if you haven't joined the Discord, join the Discord. Cowboy's lurking in there all the time. You can get all of them. With that being said, we're over and out. Cheers. <laughs>